0: Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from the last few. Instead of having a guest today, I'm going to talk a little bit and preview what's coming up over the next three episodes in October. These episodes will be interviewing three wonderful, amazing, incredible, in- genius refugee leaders in Kakuma Settlement in Kenya. I have been lucky enough to support them and mentor them over the past year. And I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to them so that you can get to know a little bit more about them and hopefully... Find out enough so that you'll consider supporting their fundraisers, their students, connecting with them, having your students connect with them because they're really inspiring. So let me start and tell you a little bit about how I happened to find out about them. About a little over a year ago, a message went out to a group of refugee educators that on WhatsApp that I was a part of because uh, we took a course together from the Kerry Institute for refugee educators in the summer of 2018 2018 yes and we, um, we had a, a wonderful six-week course. We learned a lot. And every once in a while, one of us would reach out to the others to find out how we were doing because uh, they were uh, refugee teachers, educators in various parts of the world. And so I responded uh, to the message and the message was basically from uh, Abengo Honore, in Kakuma and he was saying that he was trying to start a program to support uh, older refugees um, older when I say older 18 to 25 years old who had finished high school but were unable to go to college because uh, they're in in the settlement in Kakuma and uh, they don't have access to uh, universities and so the only way for them to be able to access that higher education is to be online. And although he had some basic internet connectivity, connectivity, sorry, and um, one or two laptops, he was looking for somebody to support or some way to find out how to get funds to support purchasing more laptops and upgrading their internet. And so uh, after a preliminary sort of back and forth within the group, I side messaged him, uh, Anore, and I asked him, uh, you know, how many laptops he was thinking about and um, how much he thought they would cost and where he would get them from. And uh, he put together a proposal for me, which uh, we went back and forth about and um, as English is not his first language, he speaks French, that was all his training, but he's quite good in English. And so we were able to work out a proposal and uh, he had initially asked for 20 laptops and I told him I would be able to fund 10 laptops and uh, internet for the next, an internet bundle for the next six months to upgrade his internet. And within the proposal, he had detailed to me the uh, concerns, the problems of the um, of the eighteen to twenty five year olds. Um, at one point, one of his messages to me was the fact that basically they were really losing hope in the camp. He himself had lived in the in Kakuma for about seven years at that point. And uh, there were many others who felt hopeless. Um, a lot of violence in the camp uh, because they are, um, they you know, they need this t- type of ability to reach out and make connections and have access to the internet. So that was the initial funding that I did. And uh, he would send me weekly reports or bi-weekly reports with photos about how they were doing. And as time went by, there were many other programs. And he had already had the the, uh, center. uh, It's called the African uh, Initiative for Human Development, AIHD. So his center that he's the founder of was uh, around for about, it was established um, a year or so before. And so he had already started a peace and conflict resolution um, initiative with youth, 14 to 18-year-olds. And what he was doing was having volunteers come in who had experience or education in the the areas, and uh, they would come in. Uh, refugees also, and they would come in and train the others. And he also was trying to start a digital digital citizenship program, digital literacy, to try to teach um, just the basics of using Microsoft Office, like PowerPoint and Word and so forth, and um, give access to the community for internet. And so, uh, for the first month or so we were back and forth and, you know, he was, he actually took the bus to Nairobi, which is about a 12 hour ride in order to get the laptops. Because, uh, of course those things can't be purchased in, in the, um, in Kakuma. And, uh, he also told me that, uh, they were spending a lot of money, uh, and on, um, electricity and having to refuel it, which was uh, not very safe and also not very efficient. And he had some solar panels on the top of his on the roof of his um, center, but uh, he really needed more in order to be able to have enough uh, power to uh, recharge the uh, laptops. And so uh, I was able to fund uh, some panels and he sent me videos and photos of going up on the roof and and installing all of that. And uh, I began to see the results of those students who were able to come in and use the laptops and begin learning. And from there it's grown. And so uh, Anori will be one of my guests in the next couple of weeks to talk about all the things that he's doing and has been doing uh, incredible things that he's learning about and um, in in AIHD. So he'll be one of my guests. After about the first month or six weeks, I received a message from another refugee educator, uh, also in Kakuma and one of our colleagues from the course and Katala Fabrisi Mopenge had started or founded a center in Kakuma called There's Hope Africa and his goal is to support and um, reach uh, women, young women, girls in the camp uh, and to be able to give them skills, life skills and vocational skills for them to be able to earn, um, earn money and become financially uh, more uh, independent, um, be able to contribute to their families, uh, especially young mothers. And so what he was interested in was starting a hairdressing course he would be able to hire a couple of trainers and bring them into the camp and be able to train uh, 40 women at a time to for about uh, six weeks in different techniques that are used and they could become hairdressers. And so I did the same with Kitala that I did with Anore. And I said, uh, you need to be able to send me a proposal. And so he did. He actually sent me two proposals, one for tailoring and one for hairdressing. And after going back and forth and sort of negotiating about the costs and, and supplies and things like that and how much it would be over the long haul and how many women could be um you know, sort of graduated from the program. Uh, We agreed on a a proposal and uh, I was able to fund the beginnings of his hairdressing uh, training. And that has now been going on since last October. Uh, 80 women have graduated from that program. And there are another 40 women in the program right now. And uh, we're hoping to be able to fund um, other vocational programs for the women, but also microloans for the women to be able to start their own businesses and then to be able to pay back those loans in order for future graduates to be able to start their own businesses. And he has other programs also that I um, expect he'll be talking about when he's uh, one of my guests on the podcast over the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to having Catala tell you about all the things that he has plans for and the new things that he's doing, um, which are really, really exciting because um, I'll just give you a little hint that uh, they, when the women will be able to produce products that they'll be able to sell. But um, I won't say any more, and uh, we'll make sure that he shares that information when I interview him, when I chat with him. And the third refugee innovator that I started with was back in probably January or February. And he reached out to me. His name is Matabishi. I call him Mata. And Matabishi wanted to start, um, he didn't call it at the time a makerspace, but that's exactly what he wanted to start. But I don't think he, he had thought about it as a makerspace. But he has younger students, probably between the ages of 10 or 11 and 14 or 15. And what he wanted to do was he wanted to have them learn design thinking skills and to be able to create. And so at that point, I was already supporting Katala and Honore, and I was finding it difficult to really see how I would be able to fund anything, especially a makerspace. And at the same time on Participate, Com. I had listened to a webinar with uh, the um, one of the executives of Bitspace. Uh, it's um, they build curriculum for makerspaces. And so afterwards I reached out and asked if they would support a discounted rate for uh, one or two of the curriculum that the students in um in Matabishi's center which is called Kakuma Vocational Center could build and basically they make uh games out of wood and they take them through the the curriculum for bit space takes the students through safety measures, how to use tools, and they do all of that before they actually start building games. Uh, So one of them is make it, race it, and the other one is make it, play it. And um, actually, Nisha came back and she was very supportive and said that because basically they were NGOs um, that, the, that KVC was an NGO, that they would give a reduced cost for the, two, um, for the two games. And so they've been, actually Mata introduced it and the students just loved it. It's only meant for about eight to 10 students and he has a very small space and only had one table at the beginning. So uh, it was about 16 students that he started. Uh, He also went and got supplies locally and they've been able to have, I think, two or three cohorts. But he's going to tell you more because he's another um, amazing educator that I'm going to be interviewing uh, over the next couple of weeks. So I'm really, really excited for you all to meet and greet these amazing educators from Kakuma and to find out about how we can all support them, whether it's financially by helping fund their programs, or whether it's connecting virtually with their students on the internet uh, from your classrooms or as a teacher, um, figuring out perhaps what, what kind of training that you could offer. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to introduce them, uh, all three of them to you. And so um, waiting until next week's episode And I'm not sure who it will be, but um, stay tuned for really exciting um, journeys to belonging with Mata and Katala and Enore. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's journeys number two belonging.webstarts.com. See you next week.